Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. I am greatly honoured to have Dan Patlansky in the studio. He shouldn't be. Uh, you shouldn't. Uh, shouldn't really need to introduce him. He's of course an international guitarist, and uh, and just a a formidable, formidable talent. Dan, welcome. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> Thank well, you. <laughs> well, you know what, I, I could go through the bio, but <laughs> but the truth is that. Uh, that you have become a household name in South Africa. You are known pretty much. And, and it's quite interesting that you have because your genre is not necessarily one that is consumable for everybody. It's so right. It's so right. And that's why I almost feel blessed to still be able to do this, mm. like wake up in the morning every day and this is what I do for a job because I've, I didn't pick the, as you say, the most commercial, easiest genre yes. to go yes. break into that's going to appeal to everyone. I mean, it's right. the blues. You're and not the... doing Eurovision. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're right. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's super niche and it's yeah. niche anyway. It's not just South Africa. It's niche in Europe. It's niche in the States, but you know, it's, it's more of a calling. I feel like when, when, when you love a particular genre so much, you know, thoughts of it being commercial. Can I make a living out of this? Kind of leave the brain completely because you just have this drive, this passion. drive and this passion for it. And you're like, well, this is what I want to do. And this is the music I want to make. And I'm going to make sure I, I'm going to do everything in my power to, to make, make this right. happen. Yeah. yeah think, was it always your, was it always your first love? It was. And, you know, I think it was due to my parents and their, in my opinion, very, Impeccable music taste growing up because I mean we listened to music all the time in the mm-hmm. house. So what it, did you listen to? Blues, blues, really? j- uh, uh, jazz, classic rock, funk, soul. You know, very much rootsy kind of music. And you know, as a, a kid, you would never want to admit that you enjoy the music your parents listen mm-hmm. to, especially mm-hmm. as a teenager. Of course, but you know. With enough repetition in your life, there comes a, a time where you you're like, well, I can't fight this anymore. I love I love this music, and it's it's it's, it's what so I, interesting yeah. though. But just talk to me about your parents that because it, I think it was uh, it it w- give me a little bit about their background um, because you know that also, that's also unusual. Yeah, that, that they that they had this passion for this type of music. Yeah, so I mean, they're, they're not musicians, mm. but they're music lovers. So mm. my mom's from. Uh, Zim, that's mm. where, 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 um, she grew up. Uh, my dad's from Poch, you know, <laughs> um, and you know, they just, I think they grew up in that time, that blues boom time, you know, mm. you know, they were born in the mid fifties. So they put them, you the, know, like, right, like late sixties, seventies, yeah. listening to that blues boom. If it was John Mayle, Eric Clapton getting into, you know, the, the older blues guys like B.B. King and Elder King and Ray Charles and, and all those guys. And there was always this, that, that passion that they had mm-hmm. and that, that, that kind of transferred to me, I think. So what do you think it is about your music that has made it popular, made you popular in a genre, in an area that, that isn't as commercialized as others? So in many, on a South African term, mm, mm. I think I was quite lucky timing wise. I, when I hit the scene, there wasn't much happening in, in the, in the, on, in the blues scene in right. South Africa. Don't get me wrong. There were guys doing blues, but there wasn't much. And I, I just kind of fell into, and I, I, I gained quite a good following in Joburg, mm. you know, um, quickly because 
of my parents' generation. You know, there was all of a sudden live blues you could go watch, you know, right. and that wasn't a common thing. And then, you know, I started touring South Africa at a good time too. And I felt a similar thing. There wasn't a lot of live blues happening. And, you know, even if no one knew who you were, they would come out just because of the genre you were playing, you know. That's and, and, you know, on the international front, I also think, you know, I knocked on that door for many years with no answer. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it's you know? interesting because when you look at your history or when you look at your career, you make it seem quite easy. Yeah, it was many emails and, and back and forth and with, with no reply. And then we released an album called Dear Silence Thieves in 2014. And don't know what it was with that album, but that, that was the album that hit. Um, when I say hit, mm. <laughs> you know, I wasn't filling stadiums, but that was the one that I got started getting radio Wait, play. What number, what number, what number album was that? It was probably number five or six, okay. seven. Right. I don't know, somewhere in the mid kind of, of, of my career so far. So it was many albums before that happened, and that got, you know, radio play, and then I started, you know, getting uh, inquiries for tours and festivals, you know, all over Europe, and, and, and you know, that that seemed to be the break in inverted commas, mm. if if you will. I don't know yeah. why I recall reading somewhere, and I don't know if you've said it, and maybe I'm making this up, uh, so you can just tell me if I'm, I'm talking complete rubbish. Most our listeners do a lot of the time. <laughs> um, is there one album that you would – that you didn't love of yours that you would redo if you had the opportunity. Why do I remember reading Oof. that? Yeah, have, well, have you, have you ever said that? I've said that, and it's, I don't think it's one. It's probably, it's probably okay, most so I'm of them. I'm not completely mad. Thank God. It's I, probably I most of, of them. I hope it's you because <laughs> here I am insulting. I no, mean, no, I'm not no. insulting it because yeah, I, I No, it's, 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 it's the truth. And, you know, I think, I honestly feel if I look back in my career to my back catalog of albums and I was loving it, there would be no growth as mm. me as, you know, an artist and as a guitarist and as a singer and as a songwriter. You know, I, I sometimes listen back to those older albums and it sounds like broken glass flying out of a speaker at, oh, at no, me, you know, no, no. just because it's me on the album. Mm. And, you know, it was cool for the time. I don't regret the albums, you know, because it was part mm. of my life and it's it's part of my story. But, yeah, you know, like as a... As as a, an artist that's grown, you go. Oh, I would have done it's that probably, different. That different. That different. True, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know yeah. that with, uh, with with the columns on my articles or whatever I write. Sometimes I look back and I think, wow, that was awesome. Like, well done, Howard. But yeah. sometimes I think, oh no, I just don't. I'm not proud of that. I'm yeah. just, I just don't love it. And and I think that's important because then it gives us. You know, we judge ourselves by the standard that we, that exactly. we hold ourselves to. And it, yeah, otherwise you're not going to grow. No. And, and it means you haven't grown. Exactly. It means you're in the same place you were, what, 15, 20 years ago type of thing. And so it's a good thing. Well, Kunt, have you got something? Uh, can, can you play us a little bit of uh, something? Uh, we're going to take some music. We're going to take some ads. Apparently we've got quite a few ads. And uh, we'll be back with Dan Patlansky after this. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Oh, this is incredible. We're going to keep it playing in the background. Dan Patlansky, big things going down. Nine-minute song. What were you thinking? <laughs> How much time did you have on your hands? You know what? In the blue genre, nine-minute songs mm. are quite, are quite um, normal. Quite normal. You know, <laughs> it's not. It's not necessarily. You're not going to get playlisted on many radio yeah. stations well, for, for nine minutes. For nine no minutes. Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Unless there's some form of crisis in studio. <laughs> exactly. Then plenty. <laughs> then it's the ideal track. <laughs> yeah. That and uh, what's the other one that everybody plays? M American Pie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and in terms of, of your guitar training, how old were you when you, when you started this process? 
I got my first guitar for my 10th birthday. Got an acoustic guitar. Of course. One of, like a nylon string acoustic mm-hmm. guitar, but I was into this blues and rock stuff. Wow. Got it, and like no one explained to me that to get that sound, you've got to be on an electric, electric. guitar. And, I, and it was very confusing for me because I was like, that so sounds... you weren't a very bright 10-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why doesn't it sound like the record? Like it's meant to. It, yeah. And then I lost interest, as 10-year-olds wow. do, until I was in about... First year of high school. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Northcliffe in Joburg. Okay. Yeah. Grew so, up there. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and did then, you go for lessons, acoustic, like folk or classical guitar? What did you learn? Yeah, there was a, you know, like the, the usual story of like, you know, the guy down the road, you go there on a Thursday afternoon mm-hmm. after school. Um, and you, you know, and was that folk? A folk guitar? Like yeah, it was more like, ju- it was the basics, like learning mm. some chords, chords and right, okay. just kind of getting the basics along, kind of yeah. going. And then when, then I kind of lost interest and when I got back into it, then I kind of got back into it a lot more seriously. And then from then out, it was kind of mostly self-taught, like listening to records, you know, if it was Hendrix or Steve Ray Vaughan mm. or guys mm. like that and just trying to work out myself what what these guys are doing, you know, it's just phenomenal. Just, and yeah, yeah. So, so your your main in the main influences in your in your musical career, without a question about my biggest influence is Steve Revon. Okay, yeah, Makes like sense. on the guitar, and yeah. you know, he he still is to this day. Since then, yeah. But you know, the, 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 it's it's a lot deeper. So like Ray Charles, mm. massive influence. BB King, um, Hendrix, massive influence. You know, and I kind of worked my way back. I went to the modern blues guys. I mean, they're not modern anymore, but mm. it's modern blues, Hendrix and Stevie mm. and Clapton and guys like that. And then I kind of worked back to the older blues guys. You know, so it was more palatable working backwards mm. instead of going mm. straight to the Delta blues of the 20s and listening to Robert Johnson. Yeah. And a, as a teenager, it didn't make sense. But like, if I worked backwards. Did you have any friends? I did, but I must say that it got to a point in high school where, yeah. you know, if there was a party and all my mates were going out on the weekend, I would be way happier just to, to sit at home on a Saturday night and yeah. just play guitar and work sense. out stuff, you know? Yeah. In South Africa, did that, uh, the, the, uh, the incredible range and influence uh, I mean, that, uh, of South African music, did that have an influence on you? Does it? Uh, you, there was or, or is this kind of a purist? Uh, it, it is approach. very purist. It's quite uh, a snobby genre, it is. actually. It yeah. is. It's very purist. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of South African artists I, I, I listen to. But more in particular, I listen to the guys who were doing blues in South Africa. So there was a an artist. He's still around. A guy called Larry Amos. And mm-hmm. like the, he was in a band in the 70s called Backstop. It was like a mm-hmm. big rock pop band. And right. he, was a, he was like a big influence. And he kind of took me under his wing when I was young. Incredible. And taught me a bunch of stuff and got me in his band. And he was doing blues at the blues room in the Village Walk, like back in wow. the, the 90s. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I was a kid. I was still in high school. I remember like going and playing four sets of music with Larry Amos at, at the blues room and having to wake up at like five the next morning to go to school. And I like, kind of falling asleep at the desk because, you know, you were, were gigging. But my yeah. parents... You know, they didn't love it, but they were supportive. You know, were were yeah. they supportive of they you? Were. Because it's all very well to listen to, you know, good music, but, yeah. uh, you know, to take on, to take on a career where it's so well known that people battle hard to really mm. make a decent living. Uh, it's, it's, it can be a worry for parents. It can, especially to Jewish parents. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. You, can, you can only imagine. Anxiety. You know? yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think they saw it was like, a calling for me 
and oh, that's like, interesting. So they recognize your passion. They did. They, you know, in fact, the last year of high school, they sent me to the National School of Arts. And that was like a big game changer for me. Mm. And, you know, I think it makes becoming a professional musician so much easier when you've, when you've got, got the, support. the support of your parents behind you. It really you know, and, and, and if something goes wrong, it's not about, well, you know, we, we warned you not to go in this direction. But right. you really have done incredibly well. You've opened for, for some amazing people. You, you're overseas constantly. Just give us a, a snapshot of, of some of your achievements. Well, I mean, you know, one of the, the biggest milestones for me was supporting Bruce Springsteen when he yeah. came out almost 10 years ten, ago. I was going to say it was 2014, wasn't no, it? No, it was. So it's almost, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Can you believe yeah. it? So that was a, a huge honor. You know, then also uh, touring with uh, Joe Satriani for, uh, you know, a month and a bit across mm. Europe and the UK. That was a, another milestone moment uh, for me. And obviously, you know, starting to, in Europe and UK, headlining my own tours and stuff like that you know it's it really has been a just a great great journey and i mean i'm still in and the continuing of the it, yeah, yeah absolutely i mean we're you know we're on tour at the moment well that's what we're going to talk about yeah in, and it's in, it's, in it's, it's great man so you know i feel blessed i do I, you know it, it's not even the achievements or an award or anything it's it's being able to, to do what i want to live your passion that's what it is, and I can. And you know, a few people. Yeah. Do you know? Well, I think I think it's a couple of things. I think very few people even identify their passion. Yes. So that's the first big thing. Sure. It's, it's, you know, we uh, people that are passionate about certain things uh, it's kind of assume that everybody's got that, but it doesn't. Sure. It's actually not that simple. Yeah, the first thing is identifying. Yeah. It. Some people go through their whole lives without ever knowing what that love and that passion yeah. is. So I think you're right. Knowing what it is 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 is, is the first step. And, you know, kind of just kind of closing your eyes and just going, this is what I'm doing. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if I don't earn money for a long time, but this is what I'm going to do. This is do. the passion. And yeah. then being able to, and then, of course, being able to live it. Let's talk about this this tour. Let's talk about, you know, they want me out of studio today. Have you <laughs> noticed how often they, 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 they signal things? Right, you're on tour. We want, uh, we want people to, 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 to get there. Yes, so we are playing 25, 26 of November at the venue in Melrose Arch. Mm -hmm. It's a very special tour. This is the tour that I've just brought from Europe. Um, it's m mostly brand new songs that oh, wow. uh, have never been heard before that are going to be on the album that's going to be released next year. And we kind of, you know, in Europe and in South Africa, we road testing it, getting them mm -hmm. right and developing them on the road. And... You know, it's, in my opinion, the best live show I've ever brought. So, yeah, Melrose Arch on 20, 25, 26 um, of this month. And those are the only Joburg shows for the rest of the year. So, it's... it's so, 25, 26 of uh, this month happening yes. at Melrose Arch at the venue. We're apparently giving away two tickets. Is that right? I think so, yes. 34519 or 0618951019. I want to know. What do I want to know? What do I want to know? I want to know where this concert is uh, taking a place. If you know that, the first correct answer in will, uh, will win two tickets. It's, uh, it's really, really something that you should. To, as, uh, get to whether you win the tickets or not. Don't be such a schnorrer. Dan Pitlansky, thank you. What an awesome conversation. Thank you. Really and, enjoyed that. Uh, and uh, yeah, just a great privilege. It is a Friday. It's 8.55. Harry tried to bully Dan into singing Kharasho. We are protected him. I said uh, this is not his brand and I think he'll be doing considerable brand damage if he does this.